Hi, I'm Georgina Hudson from GeorginaHudson.net. This podcast has been created to support you in your path of self-awareness and well-being so that we can draw a roadmap together to help you align mind and heart. Today we're going to explore the second part about beliefs, thoughts and interactions we had which had led us to believe we were the ugly duckling. We are also going to focus on how to deal with all this. For more information about what I do and about me, you can visit my website on georginahudson.net or my Instagram account, georginahudson.coach. Hello, hello, hello. What's up, people? How are you today? And this week I'm bringing you the second part of I've been the ugly duckling on you because I felt like the ugly duckling for such a long, long time. And last week I shared with you some of the interactions I had in my life that limited me and made me feel small and flawed. And over the years in therapy and coaching, because I do therapy and coaching for others, but I am in therapy and in coaching sessions myself every week, I've been able to recover my self-esteem, to correct cognitive distortions and to adopt an empowering mindset. And I don't want to give you the impression that I have it all figured out because that's impossible. The path of self-awareness, personal growth and the search for self-realization takes a lifetime. Therapy and coaching sessions are a place that challenges us and at the same time shakes us from the core and from the trance to start feeling calmer, more authentic and truer to who we are. The best thing about therapy and our coaching is that they push us to live from the inside out, the only way to be on our side and, and also to stop betraying ourselves. So think about this, you know, take it in. Have you betrayed yourself? Because sometimes people tell us, things that are terrible. But what about ourselves? So this week I want to share with you another story, but a real one. It's a personal anecdote from the time I was about eight years old. And one day my mother and I were walking past the school where I used to attend classes. And one of the teachers saw my mother and stopped her to chat. I was very used to that because my mom knew everyone. She was very popular and she was very sociable. So in the middle of the conversation they had, the teacher looked at me and grabbed both of my cheeks and stretched them. Do you know what people do sometimes with children, especially if they have chubby cheeks? And so she stretched my cheeks and moved them from side to side. And she exclaimed, oh, look at this ugly face, please. <laughs> I repeat, look at this ugly face, please. I don't remember if my mother said anything. I just remember that she smiled sweetly. She was like an accomplice. I don't know. She, something was going on between them. But I felt so deeply hurt. And I, I remember thinking, how could someone be so cruel? Because, you know, until that moment, I had never stopped to think about whether I was pretty or not. I do remember feeling that my best friend who I looked up to was beautiful and I probably felt that she was a lot more beautiful than me, but I wasn't comparing myself to her because I loved her. She was my bestie. Uh, but I hadn't thought about myself in terms of pretty or not because I was a little girl. And to be honest, after that interaction, I did start to think about those things and that was enough for my self-esteem to plummet. 
it's horrible, but it's true. Only when I was older did I understand that the teacher had told me that in a funny way or maybe in an ironic way. But think about it. This makes me stop and think about the pain words said casually by adults can make us feel as children. You know, when they say, oh, look at your tummy, uh, we need to take care of your diet, or uh, oh, she's always moving, she cannot stop moving, or oh, he's always distracted. You know, those are labels, and it's very difficult to get rid from them, of them, sorry. So think about all the times you've heard things like, and please be honest, like those clothes make your butt or your belly or your stick legs stand out change your clothes or don't say that don't be silly or don't act like a fool or girls don't do those things lower your voice everyone can listen to you anyway you know all these comments can leave wounds that make us believe that we are too skinny or too fat that our behavior is inappropriate and that we are annoying and unfortunately when we are young those comments can be much heavier than our little shoulders and young psyche can bear and our psyche is so young when we are little. So imagine the impact. Oh my God, I felt so hurt when that teacher said that. And on top of that, if someone you admire or look up to says that to you, bingo, or fire, or danger, because you're going to swallow your tears to, you know, avoid showing that you are hurt, and you're going to start feeling traumatized. When we are children or teenagers, it is very difficult to have the necessary inner confidence to not care about what older people think. And that's where the problem begins, because it prompts us to twist and contort in a thousand ways to please others and to avoid being confronted with what we perceive to be our fault or our lack of something. It's just too much to bear. That is why we do everything in our hands for other people to approve of us. We can't stand other people's disapproval. That's exactly why we have it all upside down, you know? We need to start relearning things. Because it hurts me to say this, because this is the way I lived for many, many years. But for example, I didn't feel strong enough to stop being bullied for being quite nerdy or to put an end to mobbing at one of my jobs as an older person just because I didn't want to be friends with some of my bosses and I didn't commune with his ways. And I don't want to bombard you with, you know, a very dark or serious scenario. I want to tell you there's good news. And that is that we can connect with the wise adult that lives within us. If you're in a critic, the one that says, oh, look, you're too fat or you're too skinny or you're too stupid. Or, what have you said? Or why did you mention that? Or why didn't you call? Or, look at you. That is wrong. No. If your inner critic is giving you a hard time, you can always talk to your wise mother archetype. She lives inside you and she's the one who tells you, I see you, my darling. I know it hurts take a break and rest. And your archetype doesn't have anything to do with your biological mother. Your archetype is a part of you that lives inside you and you can tap into her and you can access that wisdom. If, 
On the contrary, you feel apathetic or afraid of following your dreams or of doing things, you can always talk to your wise inner father, the father archetype, the son, the one who hunts, the one who brings the food on the table, the one who lives inside you and who tells you, I love you, darling, and I understand you, but it's time to get up, go out and claim what's yours. Do what's needed. Mm -hmm. And I forgot to mention that the mother archetype is also associated with the moon, with an embrace, with caring. So resort to your mother archetype or your father archetype, depending on your situation. Whether you need somebody to soothe you, then you talk to your inner mom and your, your wise inner mother. And if you need to be shaken a little, then uh, resort to your father archetype, the wise father inside of you. This is very powerful, very powerful. You need to start talking to yourself, talking to them, journaling with them, you know, talking your mind to these characters. I always think of an analogy in these cases. Um, when we let how others feel about us dominate us, it is as though we were in a car and we let our young anxious self be at the steering wheel. Would you allow a child to drive you while you are sitting in the passenger seat? Or would you try to find the self-control to tell the young you to calm down and to rest because you are the adult and so you will be the one who will take the child to his or her destination? Because our anxiety, our sadness, our insecurity, our apathy, and so on and so forth, are connected to very young parts that belong to ourselves. They are young because they started having a very prominent role thanks to these interactions that we had when we were children or when we were adolescents, like I mentioned in my case with the teacher who uh, stretched my cheeks and told me how horrible I was, you know, and so I started to feel anxious physically, you know, so Are you going to allow your anxiety to drive your life? Are you going to allow your anxiety to paint your days? Or are you going to listen to the message that she, the anxiety, let's say, or he, you know, uh, has to say? And are you going to calm yourself down by resorting to your wise inner self? Self with capital letters. And as I mentioned, our emotions are internal parts that belong to us. When something from the outside affects us so strongly that we are trapped in painful feelings, it is necessary to pause and to contact our most lucid self. When I work with my clients and I ask them to do this, they sometimes tell me they don't know uh, what to say. They don't know what their inner, uh, their wise inner parent is telling them. And so I ask them to do something that one therapist always suggests, and it is talk to yourself as you would with your children, if you are a parent, or with your best friend, if this best friend was in a difficult situation, or with the young person whom you really love. Because if you're capable of being sweet and kind and wise with other people, then you can do the same for yourself. That is living from the inside out. 
inside out. That is letting ourselves be guided by our inner compass. And I would also like to emphasize that where we place our focus of attention, our energy flows. So let's be very uh, careful about where we are going to place our attention, our focus of attention. I have to confess that I, if I focus on the fatigue I feel due to some anemia that I haven't yet cured, I drag myself from one place to another and my mood is a clear reflection of that and it's horrible for everybody. Instead, if I feel grateful because I have my yoga class and I'm going to meditate or I have a day that inspires me, I start floating with joy and energy. So it all depends on where my attention goes. I think Tony Robbins is the one who says, where attention goes, energy flows. And I couldn't agree more. And my neuroscience teacher teaches the wonderful lesson. So I hope this, you take this in. He says that we come from love and we have to let it support us. Within us, there is immense compassion, good intentions, infinite gentleness, and great kindness. This practice helps us expand and relax into the love that we are. And as this teacher says, this is not airy-fairy, it is real. Day after day, we have to choose if we are going to let ourselves be guided by fear, shame, and insecurity of what others might say, or if we are going to let love good wishes, curiosity, and courage, all those inner characters inside us guide us. Because at the end of the day, love, good wishes, curiosity, courage are all parts of our most awake self. You are wonderful. You are unique. Take your side. Don't betray yourself. Your soul will surely appreciate it. I hope you liked this podcast in two parts. If you know someone who could benefit from it, forward this to them and invite them to subscribe. This is a very simple way to have a ripple effect with what we do here with the podcast. And it's also a very simple way for you to help somebody who might be going through a very tough time. This is simple. This is in your hands. So do it. We also appreciate your recommendation and evaluation on any of the platforms you're listening to us. It could be on my website, georginahudson.net. You might have subscribed. Remember, there are always freebies coming your way. If you do it that way, you can also listen to us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and take your time to recommend and evaluate us. I'm sending you a big hug and until next week.